Hi, I'm Paulina. Hi, I'm Bracia. And we're sisters, friends, daughters, wives, and business owners. And we're just following our dreams, you know, working to be a better version of ourselves every day. All right. And we're also moms. Welcome to the Supermama Sisterhood. Hello. Hello. Hi, Supermamas. How is everybody doing? Welcome to another show episode of your contraceptive weekly show. <laughs> Supermamas. That's so funny. I know we always scaring people about me and mom. Huh? 100%. I mean, we're just on the truth. Fernando's like, what are you talking about? Being a parent is amazing. He like, said okay, that? Dad. Uh-huh. Of course. Point like, of view okay, from dad. a man. If I had a wife, it'd be amazing too. <laughs> Anywho, this is Paulina, one of your favorite podcast hosts, uh, along with my sister, Bricia Lopez. Do you have your retainers on? I do. Let me take them off. Sorry, guys. You have your retainers on doing a podcast, sister? <laughs> wow. You're committed to the cost, though. I will give you I that. I am. You know what? I'm there. No more retainers. Okay. <laughs> I'm almost there. I'm almost there. I can see my teeth really shifting and I'm almost there. I'm really excited. Amazing. I'm really, and really excited. I feel excited. like my teeth are good. Right? I mean, mm -hmm. it works. It's crazy. It actually works. It hurts. Well, how are you, Paulina? How is your 4th of July shenanigans? Can we share about what happened to Elizabeth? Le oh, my God. Because I feel like she had the most exciting 4th of July. She went to your house. Then she went to my house. She stopped by mm -hmm. to say hi. And, you know, we were just chilling. It got dark. And, you know, we live in South LA. So, free fireworks show. We don't have to go anywhere. Just to our backyard. And it's just, like, all over the place. And then, all of a sudden, her husband was like, wait a minute. There is people in her driveway. I think we should go home. And so she was like, what do you mean in the driveway? He was like, yeah, they're in the driveway. We should just go. So they left. And then she sent me a message. And she was like, dude, there's." she had to tell them to move so she could get in her own driveway. And then once she got in, she was like, yeah, I think you guys should go. That's wild. And they were like, why? Why should we go? Are we bothering you? Are you going anywhere? And she was like, no, but I mean, this is my driver. It's like, oh, this is a tradition, you know, or I don't know. I think a family member used to live there. So they have a tradition. And as they were getting in, they yelled at them. She hasn't told you this part. They yelled at them. They were like, you guys are such assholes. Yeah, I know. I called her this morning and she told me everything. I was like, what? I didn't even know you could do that. That you can have a party in front of someone's home. Yeah, I have no idea. But the thing is that she tells me that it was... A mob. There were about there was 25 mob. people outside her house doing donuts. I don't know if anybody knows what a donut is, but <laughs> they were just going around in circles in their car outside of her house, lighting up fireworks. They had twerking. a club, like an outdoor club. There's a video of the girls straight out twerking in the car. And you ask why and how and why, how do they pick her home? Apparently, their grandma used to live there. Mm -hmm. And this is their tradition that they do. And it's like, this used to be my grandma's house. And this is what we do. Bah, 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 bah. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> you know? House. <laughs> Dios mio. <laughs> I was like, what? What are you going to do? Call the cops and then open yourself up to more violence? 
Yeah, no, that's pretty scary. She just locked herself inside, and I'm, I could imagine Elizabeth. I know, I can imagine, and it's and it's funny because it's, it happened to Elizabeth, who is the most non-confrontational person and the one who gets scared of everything the most. Everything, everything. Yeah, I could just imagine. She's like, and then I went outside, and I was, and like, wait, why is this whole thing about I I wear? Where's Lucas in this whole story? <laughs> Her husband. It's like my husband. He was like, you go check. You go talk to them. <laughs> but I think and Lucas made sense. He said, well, okay, listen, I have two choices. Okay. I can go outside. I can ask them. I can get into a big fight. There were about six women who were just screaming at them. Hey, Paul, get out of here. We're not bothering you. Like, why? Why should we leave? Like, They don't even live my- there, though. They're not yeah, even they don't live there. Like, it's crazy. It's not like it's the neighbor across the street or the neighbor next door. It's just people that randomly just show up in the street. They were like, we're going to pick that house and that's where we're going to have our party. Yeah. And then Lucas had a good point. He said, or I can call the cops. Yes, the cops will come. I don't know what they will do. Okay, fine. So they there's disperse, then probably come back and, you know, vandalize my home. <laughs> either Either option doesn't seem... To fix the problem. I know. He was saying, next year, we're going to take over the street before they get here. So that they, when they get there, they don't have a place to party. I'm like, good luck with that. Yeah. I don't know if that would work. But yeah, I mean, that was exciting. <laughs> that was exciting drama for 4th of July. I know. From afar. This was, I just, I didn't feel very patriotic this year. Let's just say that. It was, you know, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, my, my best friend ended up coming to my house um, because oh, nice. they went to a parade before they they actually are the kind of people that go to parades and they came back dressed as a flag you know they were all dressed oh, up like no i can't you know red white and blue and i was and she was like why are you why, why aren't you dressed dressed up and i was like i mean i'm dressed i don't know like i don't know <laughs> like for what i'm in my own house like i don't understand why why you know like i was like no i just want to chill yeah there like, was no land of the free post this there year there is no land of the free this year just say that it's just yeah. it's just pretty scary you know yeah. like i don't know I don't yeah know. no we had a super i think this was the chillest fourth of july i've had aside mm-hmm. from the one year that i skipped town this is the chillest fourth of july you've had with major fireworks in your backyard <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean i didn't have i didn't have 30 people in my home you did not have 30 people but you did have like a you my every own year fire, my your own husband show. has you have your own backyard show. do you remember last year the karen came over my house Yes. Okay. And she what happened? was screaming and wow. Yes. So yes. this Karen, the Karen that she is, found our phone number. How? Listen. That is very Details. Creepy. Well, I mean, she, she figured it out who her home was and located the neighbors. And then there's one neighbor that knows everybody. And this neighbor went ahead and provided my husband's phone number. At least it was your husband, not yours. Oh, yeah. I... I would have escalated that really quick, like those girls twerking in front of Elizabeth's home. Let's just say uh-huh. that. My husband and her had a conversation about fireworks, and she said, well, you know, I just, can you keep it to 20 minutes? And he said, I can keep it to an hour and 20 minutes. But you have to understand, there are dozens, if not hundreds of homes in the surrounding area doing this. Yeah. And I have these fireworks, that I have people coming over, like two people coming over. It was a show for two, actually four. It was his, <laughs> his best friend, his daughter, his wife, being me, and then his son. 
<laughs> watching the show. And then their neighbors next door, they had people over and then they were enjoying the show. It was, I think they had more people over than we did. They were like, come over. My neighbors always have a great show. Yes, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what they did. At the end of it all, they came to a, uh, and I think we kept it to an hour and 15 minutes, an hour and 10 minutes was <laughs> our show. And then we called it a night and then that's it. <laughs> I can't believe she called you. Yeah, she called just to, you know. Wait, I basically heard. Basically, I, I don't know if she was threatening, like, we're, I'm going to call the cops if you don't, you know. And then what? Call the cops in all the other homes? Like, I don't understand. But I don't even know if the cops will come. Like, I don't even, <laughs> where are they going to go? It's like, you know, what's going on? There's people doing fireworks. <laughs> like, where? All over the city? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know. I did. Okay, so I'm still low-key scared because I did see a drone going around my neighborhood. So I don't know if the drone was just filming. I don't know. They were just shooting footage for Instagram. I don't know if this was part of the post content. that you see in LA Magazine. I don't know what it was for. But part of me went to sleep last night thinking, what if I get a ticket on the mail and said, here is no. the receipts. I don't, I don't know right. what LAPD is doing. I don't, I don't know where they're getting funding from. No, they should let us know. You can't do that. <laughs> like, I, I don't even okay. know. <laughs> Well, no, but Elizabeth told me that this person, because she, she kind of told me that she was uh, lighting like uh, laser beams to your house or something like that. Oh, I think in New Year's Eve when we were doing, she she would she was just like flashing us like, "Hey, stop!" You know, from we found out where she lives too. She let she does know where she does she live in your street? No, in the street behind us. <sighs> so weird. People are so weird. Best. Why land of the it, free? You know, land I'm just, I, exactly. And I, and, and I just think, you know, if you don't like fireworks, you, you should move to a different city. If you're I mean, scared. Where? It's the United States. It's gonna, that's, that's how people celebrate on 4th oh, of July. I, Pasadena. There, people aren't going off in Pasadena. It's They're super not? illegal. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, it's, no, no one's going off in Pasadena. This is, <laughs> these fireworks are in the hood, sis. You and I live in the hood. Oh. <laughs> what i mean i'm just used to it like it's just it we have a we have a week long festivity in my house in my neighborhood so do we so then i just don't understand yeah. her but then i told it that let me have this video so i can send it to my neighbor so she can get perspective <laughs> on how great she has it because apparently me and 20 people can show up in front of her home yeah. do donuts lit fireworks in her driveway <laughs> and nothing will happen to me and leave a mess and leave a mess I leave empty tequila bottles and everything, and I can just peace out at two in the morning and be like, bye, Karen. <laughs> oh my God, that is hilarious. Anyway, 4th of July was awesome. Let's see what next year looks like. Está castigado ahorita. Está castigado. Yeah, you know, I was in the 4th of July. I just had a little carnazada and I had two of my siblings come over. We swimmed, they left, and then I had two sittings, by the way. <laughs> I had. <laughs> Fernando and Paulina, Fernando and Paulina, no, Elizabeth and Fernando come. We had appetizers, we swim, we had we had dinner, they they left, and then my second sitting got got there around 37. <laughs> you have three because I went on Sunday. Oh yeah, yeah. Sunday I made <laughs> Sunday I made fish tacos. That was good. And then my second sitting got there and they just had, I'm like, I'm not gonna reheat this, so you can just whatever was left over, just go and pick it up. <laughs> 
<laughs> Guys, going to Risa's house is like a whole thing. Like she like she was like, a ver qué hago, déjame ver qué hacer de comer. She made like fish tacos and a salad and you know, noodles, and we're like, oh, okay. Oh my god. All right, who do we have on the show today? Today on the show, let's see. <laughs> Okay, well, today on the show, Belina, we have Liliana, who is known as one of the fashion blogging OGs and has carried many, many titles from blogger to style expert, TV commentator to television host on E! On April of 2021, Liliana announced she was pregnant with her first child after battling with six years of infertility and IVF. And after living this experience, Eliana wishes to use her voice and platform to break the taboo around infertility and how it affects the Latinx community. And she hopes to continue sharing about her journey to motherhood, the lessons, the challenges, and hope with other mothers and those who hope to experience motherhood one day. She's amazing. I, Elena Vasquez. She did. I really love her philosophy on parenting. And I've tried to, ever since we had this interview, because this is pre-recorded, I, we, I have tried to implement what she said in it. It was, it's made a big change, you know, it's made a big change. We need to have like 100%. a keeping up episode where I tell you all my, oh. my new stage with Krista. Nice. Nice. She's, yeah. uh, she's great. Honestly, you all are going to love this. One of my favorites for sure. Well, without further ado, here is our interview with Liliana Vasquez. Welcome to the show, Liliana. How are you? I'm so good. It's a gorgeous day in New York. It today, is. So. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll here in LA, LA too. too. <laughs> it's really beautiful. I was like, yes, it is. It is beautiful. No, because it's been, it's crazy because it's been kind of cold lately here in LA, which is really weird for this time of year. And today the sun came out. So it is actually a beautiful day. I love it. No, it's rare that you have gorgeous weather in New York, gorgeous weather in LA, and it's June. That never happens. It's a beautiful day all around. How are you, Liliana? It's been so long since we've connected and spoken. How are you? What are you up to? What are you doing? Tell us, Supermas, all about you. Yeah, oh tell gosh. us who you are. Tell us sure. what you do. Tell us everything about Liliana for the Supermamas, please. I love this. Okay, my newest role is that of mom. So my son Santiago was born July 19th, 2021. I am 10 and a half months into what is probably the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> Y'all didn't prepare me. Nobody told me the truth. There's 300 episodes behind us. Please go listen. <laughs> we say it all. <laughs> I say it all the time. I just interview someone who doesn't have children and I say, girl, keep it that way. Kids yeah. are overrated. I keep telling when my friends tell me I'm the walking birth control. I'm like, no, you don't. We don't. You don't want this. You. I don't feel like want this, this show is a great birth control. <laughs> that should be your new tagline. <laughs> oh yeah. Tell us how motherhood is treating you. I mean, disrespectfully, I can tell you that, but it's disrespectful of my body. It's disrespectful of my time. It's disrespectful of my needs. It's disrespectful of my cooking. <laughs> I could go on and on. No, I worked so hard and fought for so long to have this baby that I thought that all of that energy and positivity would just cancel out the challenges of adjusting <laughs> to being a mom. Like all of that love that I had been building for an entire life would just like be the tsunami that would override all of the really hard shit that we go through as moms. And let me tell you, 
there's no love in the world that is enough to prepare you. (laughs) That is hilarious. That is true though. And I say that because this, I say that because as a woman who is a very proud IVF warrior, oftentimes we are not given the space to have complicated feelings around the reality of motherhood because you wanted this for so long. You don't have a right to complain. This is all you talked about. This is all you ever wanted. So when you get it, it's like all of a sudden you lose the right to have any type of way of feeling about it that is not just like pure joy and bliss 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I hate that for us because that's just not really honoring how we feel. We're complicated humans. We're women. We have complicated emotions. And one day I feel a hundred different things. Um, And at the end of the day, I go to bed feeling just an infinite amount of gratitude for being able to have this baby and bring this miracle to life. But that doesn't take away the fact that it's so hard. And on most really good days, I still fail a hundred times. It's so funny you mentioned that. I was in a conference last week and I forgot about this, how hard it was because my daughter is now 10. My youngest is five. But I was telling them, I went back to memory lane and I said, I remember, you know, it took me about three years to get pregnant. I, it was, you know, I didn't know why, but it took me so long and I wanted to be a mom forever since I can remember. And then when she came in, I was so resentful right. at her for everything that she put me through and I couldn't share it because you're right. Everybody's like, pues no es lo que querías, pues. isn't that what you want it? You know? So I feel you. I know what you mean. You're right. We don't, we sometimes don't get space to just really say how we feel. But sometimes that also brings complications. So it's good that you say that because if not, you bottle it up and it just becomes depression and anxiety and all these things. So I am glad that you're putting a voice behind it. And then for everyone else too. I'm trying not to parent the way that I was brought up, right? So I am trying this. I'm building from scratch. Like I don't have a handbook. Like my mom did the best that she could. But when we talk about it now, she's like, I see you doing this. And like, I could have done so much better, Mija. I just didn't know, right? Like they didn't know what they didn't know. Like my mom was in survival mode. I'm trying to be in like abundance mode. I'm trying to parent from abundance, not from survival and scarcity. And that is really, really hard. And that is not something that we as like Mm. first generation Latinas are really Mm -hmm. taught how to do. So Mm -hmm. figuring all of this out and trying to like not repeat generational trauma with your little ones that in itself is a full-time job. That's like 10 full-time jobs. So it has been really hard. That is one part of me. And then the other part of me is, I would say that the best word to describe kind of where I am career-wise right now is, I would say as a storyteller, a lot of people know me from the work that I've done on television, but that's just like one tiny piece uh, of who I am and, and what I am passionate about. But what I'm most proud of professionally are the stories that I've gotten to share over the last you know 10 years on television, the stories that I'm working on now behind the scenes as a producer. I started, I had a second baby during mat leave. I started a production company with my producing partner, my longtime producing partner in New York. And so yeah, I would say storyteller. And then obviously, listen, I'm not going to pretend I love fashion. I'm a style expert through and through. I love advising women, helping women really find confidence through fashion and style and beauty and what that means to them. That's it? That's all you do, Namas? Oh my God. <laughs> wow. You hey, what are you doing in your free time? Full. You have your hands full. <laughs> What's that? What's that? <laughs> I do a podcast with y'all. <laughs> that is uh, crazy. So that is crazy. It's funny because it's true and it's sad. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, you're so right. <laughs> I have two questions for you. We really wanted you to share your IBF journey because I know there's a lot of people going through that. But I also want you to share. I really love what you said before that you're parenting from abundance. And I would also like to hear, what does that mean when you parent from abundance? I don't know if I'm parenting from abundance. I want to know if I am parenting from abundance. So I would like to know first your story and then that, now that you have your baby, how are you parenting from abundance? Sure. So I'll talk about the abundance piece because it's something that like I've been trying to hold myself accountable to. And what I mean by that is I have to parent from a place where I am full first, mm. right? If I am not professionally full because I work, right? I'm not a working mom and I don't, and I, I, I don't ever call me a working, I'm a mom and I have a job. I have lots of jobs, right? Just like my husband is a man who is a dad and has a job. I love this. Professionally, I need to be full. I need to be satisfied creatively. Then emotionally, right? In my relationship with my husband, we've got to be on stable ground. And let me tell you, things have not been stable. Okay, that little baby came into this world and caused a tsunami, earthquake, whatever you, whatever natural disaster you prefer to use. If we're in California, we'll say earthquake. If we're in New York, we'll say hurricane. We need to feel solid and secure. So that needs to be full. Then me as a whole human being who is their own unique and individual person, whatever that makes me. So for me, like, you know, I love wellness. Like I love taking care of my mind. I love going to therapy. I love figuring out what the hell is going on in my head. I also love moving my body. I love physical activity, making sure all of that is full. If all of that is full, then I can show up as the best version of me as a mom for my son. But when all of those things are out of sync or one of those is severely lacking, then you are parenting from scarcity because you're parenting from a place where you're just doing the bare minimum for you, for your career, for your husband, for you as a person. And you bring that to your child. So I am really working hard to make sure that all of those elements are in abundance so that I can show up for him whole. And that is a lot of work. And that is what I mean by that. And I think that there is this shift that is happening for our generation where like, Moms have to sacrifice everything to be the best parents that we can be. And I actually think that's really backwards. And I think it's inverted. I think that we have to be full and whole in order to parent that way. But to parent from a place of scarcity and sacrifice is how our moms did it. It's how our tias did it. It's how the generation before us did it because they didn't know any better. A lot of it has to do with the fact that they came to this country to build a life for themselves. There was not the luxury of doing all of these things. Like my mom was like, what do you mean go to Pilates? What the hell are you talking about? Like, but I think that that came at a cost. And I think the cost is a lot of things weren't taught to me. Like a lot of feelings that I had weren't necessarily validated or made to feel like they were okay when I was a little girl. And I don't want my son to feel that, you know, I want him to know that those feelings are okay. And that like, Emotions are complicated and we're going to take the time to navigate through what that means and how that feels. But like having time is parenting from abundance, not rushing our children through mm. things is parenting from abundance. That's a privilege to be able to do that. And I acknowledge it because like I said, my mom said she didn't know better and she didn't have the luxury of that. And that's okay because we talk about it now and we heal that together, but it's really hard, you know, and it's a challenge, but that's the kind of parent. I am challenging myself to be or try to be every day. And I don't get it right <laughs> all the time. Let me tell you. I love that so much what you just said, because when you were talking about parenting from abundance, my mind went to my kid immediately. 
And that's what we do as moms, right? I'm like, what am I not giving my kid? Like, what am I not giving my kid? But you switched it back to what am I not giving myself? And I think we we do forget we do have a thousand and one roles happening at the same time, a thousand and one things going on that we tend to, I, I think the, the first place we start ca- carving out time to be able to do all those things is the time that we have for ourselves. And we're like, okay, well, today I'm not going to do my work. Today I'm not going to meditate. Today I'm not going to just rest. Today I'm, I'm going to sleep less. Today I'm going, and everything goes to me, 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 let me carve out my time. And then when you turn around, you look back and you're like, oh, there's not more time for myself anymore because I'm giving myself to everyone and to everything. And then you end up in bed for a day because your body needs to rest. And you're like, what is happening? It's a daily reminder that you have to give yourself because it's very easy for us as moms or as women, I think, to just empty our cup first and give to someone and we leave ourselves at the end. So thank you for that reminder that I think everyone out there need it. If you're listening, you need that too. Please. Even and by the way, it doesn't take like a whole day. You don't have to go on like some spa vacation to like replenish, right? Like sometimes for me it's like watching 30 minutes of like a bad reality TV show. Like I just need my brain to shut off like everything that's happening in my house and just like laugh or like check out like if it's like doom scrolling whatever I don't whatever you call it on TikTok like laughing out loud I mean even if it's five minutes sometimes it just feels so good like sometimes when I take a nap when my child like gives me a break and I wake up 20 minutes later I'm like a new human being I like bounce out of the bed and I'm like who is this I'm like smiling like who is this person and it was a 20 minute nap a shower a long shower a shower when you can actually wash your hair and shave your legs (laughs) And, and moisturize and put all your cremas, you know, like I always tell my sister, my, we have a younger sister who doesn't have kids. And I'm like, girl, there is no reason why you should not have your nails done. Like no, no reason. you should be perfect at all times. Like <laughs> when I didn't have children, like what was my excuse back then? I didn't even have an excuse. Like what, what's your excuse? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, this is the best birth control show <laughs> you could ever listen to. <laughs> because any woman listening to this is like, wait a minute, you like showering is a privilege when you're a mom, 100%. Yes. It's not something that just happens. Showering without like a little person in like a bouncy seat next to you, like just looking at you, judging you for taking too long. It never ends. I have a 10-year-old. It just it just never ends. Thank you for that. Thank you so much. It changes. It I was changes. feeling hopeful. No, don't. I, I started today hopeful. Thank you. We're no. here to share in parenting drinks. <laughs> Lena, tell us about your tell us about your IVF journey. How long how long what how long was it? And yeah. how was your delivery journey? Sure. So um so my journey started back in 2015, in the fall of 2015. Like your younger sister, I was like in no hurry at 35. I just thought that that was really young. And by the way, it is. It totally is. <laughs> yes. It is. Like I wasn't wrong. It's just that my body had a different idea. But I was not ready. You know, Paulina, you said that you know, you had kind of always wanted to be a mom. I don't know that I felt that. Like, I actually didn't really know that that's what I wanted so deeply and so badly. And like, I felt it in every pore of my body until I was faced with the fact that I might not actually get to become a mom. And then like, everything came into clarity for me. But I was never the kind of girl that was like, oh, like, my baby's going to be named this. And I can't wait for my baby shower. And the nurse like, I never thought those things. Like, I was so consumed by a beautiful relationship with my husband, the relationships I have with my friends and, and also my job. I, I, you know, it's like my first love. 
so in 2015, I went to my amazing doctor. She said to me, I know you're working really hard right now. You're crushing it. I'm so proud of you. Have you ever thought about having a family? You don't really talk about it. We've never talked about it. I said, yeah, of course, you know, like in the future, it's definitely something, you know, Patrick and I have talked about. She's like, well, you know, you're having blood work done. I'm just going to run a test on you. So I said, yeah, sure. Fine. So she ran this test on me. The results of that test ultimately changed my life for the next six, almost six and a half years. And that was an AMH test. AMH stands for anti-mullerian hormone. And that test is one of several tests that you can take that give you kind of like a clear window into what your fertility could potentially look like. Mine Mm. looked dismal because at 35, my levels were on par with a woman who was just entering menopause. And what AMH registers is not your egg quality, but your egg quantity, right? So when we're born with eggs, we're born with like millions of eggs. And at literally, like if you have daughters, like when they come out of the womb, like they have millions of eggs. And as we get older, we lose those eggs. And once you hit 27, that number starts to really rapidly decline, 30, 32, 35, which is where I was. But there's a decline that's very normal. And then there's levels that are outside of that normal range. And I was so far outside of that normal range. And there's nothing really that I could have known to do different because that's just not the way fertility works. Like just because my mom didn't have a problem having babies doesn't mean that I was going to be fine. And I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions out there is like, oh, well, my sister's fertile and she's had like six kids in five years and there's Irish twins in my family. Every woman is unique and every fertility story and your ability to get pregnant naturally or get pregnant with help is unique to you. And that's why it's so important that women start to do these tests earlier if they decide that they do want to have a family. And by the way, if you don't, don't do the test. Like there's no need, right? But if you've ever considered it, I always say like, err on the side of caution, like be your own best health advocate. Like you're getting screened for everything early now. Go ahead and screen for fertility just to see where you are so that you can make informed decisions about your own reproductive health. Whether that means I don't want children or whether that means I want 10. And so when I got those test results, I immediately had to start seeing a specialist because my levels were so low. So over the course of the next, you know, five years, I kind of crisscrossed the island of Manhattan, seeing all of the best IVF doctors and therapists and acupuncturists. I flew all the way to Denver to see like the miracle IVF doctor who basically told me that like, I was never going to get pregnant. And throughout this process, I really had to lean in a lot on faith because I was going through this process alone. And what I mean by that is I was not public with my story. I talked about, you know, parenting from abundance. And one of the things that I didn't learn a lot from my mom was vulnerability, right? Our moms are here and they are strong. They are fuerte. Like you, I rarely saw my mom ever shed a tear my entire life. And so I didn't know that there's actual strength in vulnerability. I thought that I had to be super stoic and hard and like suffer in silence by myself because if I shared this, people would pity me or people would think that I was weak or people would shame me and say, oh, well, like if you can't have a baby, then like what kind of woman are you, right? Like it felt every day like my body was failing me and the one thing that I was supposed to do, I couldn't do on my own. And so I didn't want to go through any of that publicly. So I suffered in silence the whole time, pretty much. The only people that really knew were my mom, my husband, and like two or three very, very close friends and a coworker. And that coworker was pivotal in my story because after going through this and I had, you know, countless failed IUIs, I think I ended up having nearly a dozen failed IUIs. And then I had, you know, countless canceled IVF transfers because I was only really 
after all of the shots and all of the drugs, only producing a few eggs every month that were available for retrieval and they were immature or too small. And when you do the math, if you're going in to take the eggs out, it's costing you what, $20,000 every time you're doing this? Like we couldn't afford to do it. And so I would cancel cycles all the time because I knew that that wasn't the cycle. And so I got to a place where a coworker said something to me. She said the word surrender. And what that meant to me at the time was that I needed to surrender to the idea of pregnancy. Okay. Pregnancy was not the only way that I was going to fulfill what my heart wanted. And what my heart wanted was to be a parent, not to be pregnant. And until I was really able to shift that and really visualize what that meant, I don't know that my mind and heart really became open enough to receive this miracle, which is my son, Santiago. And that meant that becoming a parent could happen a million ways, right? Like I could adopt, I could have a surrogate help me carry this baby. I could use a donor. My husband could use a donor. Like there were a million ways to become parents and none of them mean any less because being pregnant doesn't make you a mom. Being pregnant doesn't make you a parent. It's what you do when that baby is here. I mean, even just having a baby doesn't make you a parent. Nope, nothing, none of it. However, these little people come into your life doesn't really matter at all. And I was so wrapped up in the idea of like getting pregnant, keeping a pregnancy, delivering a baby when I didn't care about any of that. I literally didn't care about any of that. What I wanted to do was be a parent. And I knew that that was my destiny, but it took a long, long time to get there. I mean, we're talking years and years. It wasn't really until that last year. And it was right before the pandemic where I finally got to a place where I was like, I don't care how this happens. I just need this to happen. So that is my IVF story. And obviously it ends with the best outcome that I could ever have dreamt of, my son, but it wasn't easy. And then, you know, you asked about the delivery story and I'm so happy that you asked this because I got pregnant at 40 and I gave birth at 41. And getting pregnant at 40 is in its way one of the greatest blessings of my life because I am a fully formed whole ass of a woman who knows who she is and is very confident. And I think that going into motherhood in my 40s has helped me really tune out the noise because there's so much noise in this space. Yes. And part of also being pregnant at 40 meant that I knew exactly what I wanted. I knew my boundaries and I knew my limitations. And one of those boundaries for me was delivering vaginally. I had so much anxiety around pushing out a baby that I couldn't even like get there. And as I talked to my therapist, because I started seeing somebody in my second trimester, because I was really dealing with a ton of anxiety and not postpartum anxiety. This is like pregnancy anxiety, which is real. You can be depressed and anxious during your pregnancy. It happens. You can wake up joyful for the pregnancy and still feel completely anxious and even depressed. And there were days when that is how I felt. So I started seeing a therapist that specializes in maternal mental health. And we talked through it. And I said, I don't know that I can do this. And I don't need the added anxiety. And I don't need the added stress. And so I opted for an elective C-section. And that is what I wanted. And I wanted my baby here in a way that took care of him. I didn't know it was a him at the time, but took care of him first and then me. And that was the safest way for me to bring my baby into this world. 
And so I took a deep dive. I mean, you're talking about somebody that is a huge advocate for their own medical decisions. And so I asked every question in the book about a C-section. I watched a thousand videos. We had a plan for my C-section in the same way that you have a natural birth plan. I wanted you know, certain things in the OR. I didn't want my baby wiped. I wanted my baby handed to me straight. The second he came out of me, like I wanted him on my chest. I wanted to make sure that they didn't cord clamp for at least three minutes. And that is like the UCLA policy. It's no more than three minutes. I was like, cool, we're going to go to 180 seconds, nothing less. And in the same way that anyone has a birthing plan, if they're going in and they're going to deliver vaginally, I had the same plan for myself because I was going to deliver a C-section. And there's a term for it called a gentle cesarean and it exists. And I found it and I worked with my doctors and everyone in the OR to make sure that that is exactly how my delivery was executed. And it was one of the happiest and most wonderful and beautiful days of my life. That is such an empowering story. Like you actually get to choose that. I think that that's, that's very brave. That's very brave of you. I think not a lot of people do that. Again, you know, all these expectations that you have on yourself and how things should be, quote unquote. Totally. So I, I love that you did that. We have spoken so much about being the biggest advocate for yourself. And now you're becoming an advocate for your child until that child can become an yeah. advocate for himself or yeah, himself in your situation. I have never heard the word gentle cesarean. Mm-hmm. Could you expand on yeah. that? I have one of my best friends is also delivering C-section, I believe in September. So she's a little scared and I'm going to turn it on to this episode um, and have her look into this gentle cesarean situation. Totally. I would love to tell you more about it because I actually, I'm always in shock that that is a term that I share with other moms and women who are like clearly their own like health advocates and, and, and knowledgeable about reproductive health and what it means to become a mom and have evaluated what it means to deliver a baby in a modern world, whether that happens in your bathtub at home or in a hospital. But gentle cesarean is a term that I believe originated in the UK. They're much more common practice there. And it basically brings in a lot of the natural birthing elements into a hospital, first and foremost, but also into the operating room. And again, a gentle cesarean is only an option if you're not going in for an emergency C-section. If you are going in for an emergency C-section, I don't know this because I'm not a doctor, but most of these things will not be available to you because at that point in your delivery, the only goal is to get that baby out safely and make sure that mom is safe as well. So gentle cesareans can be requested if you are choosing an elective cesarean or if your baby is breached and you know that you have to have a C-section. And so it's applying those principles. So number one, what was the most important thing to me? Skin to skin. There's so much research, so much data that shows that that is such a critical part of bonding for mom and baby. And so most of the time when a baby is delivered via C-section, they take the baby from mom, right? Baby comes out, baby goes to get like weighed, measured. They wipe the vernix off the baby. Dad cuts umbilical cord. Baby goes in a bassinet and doesn't come back to mom because mom is actually getting sewn up. Well, if mom is okay and there's no bleeding, there's no complications with the C-section, there is zero medical reason why baby cannot come straight to mom's chest. Zero. And so I had read this and I had read tons of stories about women talking about this. And so first and foremost, that is what I wanted. The second is cord clamping. A lot of times when the baby comes out, they cut the cord. We also know there's so many studies that show that that last pump of blood into baby is so, so important. So you want to delay that cord clamping as long as possible. And every hospital and every facility is different. 
UCLA is up to three minutes. They prefer a minute, but it's up to three minutes. So I advocated for as long as possible and I got about three minutes. And you can ask a nurse or your husband to run a timer and they do not cut that off until that timer hits. And you need, that's why you need your husband in there or a doula, your your partner, your birthing partner in the room. Mm -hmm. So number two. Number three, the vernix, right? So the baby's covered in goo. For moms that are listening to this that don't know what this is, babies are covered in goo when they come out. They don't look that pretty and that's okay. All of that is really, really important. It's like their little, like I call it like their little sugar coating, right? It's like their moisturizer. It's like their shea butter, okay? That's what it is. And it's important for them. I love that. So when they come out, they're covered in it. And in traditional C-sections, take the baby out. Baby gets fully cleaned and wiped. So baby looks clean, not bloody, not messy for mommy to look at. I don't care what my baby looks like. It grew inside me. I want it to look exactly the way it came out. So same thing, minimal, minimal wipe down. Next, you also, the baby does not need to be, if the baby is healthy and the OBGYN says all is good, the baby does not need to be weighed or measured. Nothing needs to happen. No testing, no measurements need to be done on that baby. That can all wait. And so all of those things are things that I asked for. I also asked for a clear curtain going into the OR. And then when I got into the OR, they told me that they didn't have them available. So it would be like the blue curtain. And the reason for that is you can actually watch the baby come out. And that can be an important thing for mom. I actually now looking back on it, am happy that I didn't have a clear curtain because I don't think that I could have watched. But that's another option that you can ask for. The other thing is with the doctor especially a doctor that is very experienced in C-sections, you can ask that they don't just like rip the baby out of you, right? Like, can we take our time if baby is good, if heart rate is good, if mom is good, can we like try to extract this baby as gentle as possible? And I've said this to doctors and I've had doctors literally laugh at me and that's okay because I only needed one doctor not to laugh at me. And that was Dr. Rao. That was my doctor who said, absolutely, whatever you need, I am gonna do my very best to like, Get that baby out of you in the gentlest way possible. So all of those things are what contribute to what is ultimately called a gentle cesarean. And these are all things that you should be discussing with your doctor, not the day that you go in, but well in advance of your delivery date and set up for it as much as you can. And certain hospitals obviously have very specific rules. So make sure as you're picking your hospital, if your doctor delivers in multiple hospitals, that you pick the hospital that has the most generous policy around gentle C-sections. I love that. I love that because, yeah, those are some of the things that you check in when you have like a natural, well, like a vaginal mm-hmm. delivery, not a natural, yeah. but like a vaginal delivery. So I, I had no idea that you could do that. That's amazing. That's and a lot of women don't. And I think that as much as a woman has a right to choose to have a baby at home with like candles and her doula and without the intervention of modern medicine, I think a woman should have the right to do as much of that as possible in the OR as well. Oh, this is so important. Such great insight. Total mom gems. And I love I love everything you're saying. I think so many moms are going to get so much information out of this. And I love that we're normalizing C-section and normalizing the idea of having the baby in your own terms, however you want to have it without judgment. 100%. Exactly. And that should continue on. Keep going. Breastfeeding, formula feeding, like no space, no shame, no judgments. Like mm-hmm. you make your decisions however is best for you and your family. Like 100%. no nobody gets to judge you. Yeah, I whatever works for you. I always say that. As long as you get sleep, it doesn't really matter. As long as the mom sleeps, it, that doesn't, doesn't matter, matter what happens. Sleeps, we're good. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's 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 policy. As long as mom sleeps, doesn't matter how it happens. No one should care. 
as what Correct. happens when you close your door. Well, however you make it work, you make it work. Don't compare yourself to other. Compare and despair. Compare and despair. I, I've always, I remember that phrase. So don't compare yourself to others. Everybody lives their own journey. Everybody chooses their own path. Whatever you choose is right for you. So thank you, Liliana. Your kid is like, your kid is your kid right? Like your child is a unique human being on this earth. Whatever worked for somebody else is not going to work for your child because that's not your child. Like your child is special and one of a kind. So like the way you raise them is one of a kind and it's not anyone else's place to dictate or judge how you choose to make that path. Mm, Amazing. Liliana, where can the moms find you? Where can they follow your social media? Where can they get their styling tips? I am going through your social media. I am saving a lot of your posts. Where can we get in contact with you? Thank you so much for your time. But how can we follow you? <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram. I'm just at Liliana Vasquez. Or you can check out my blog, which has tons of free styling advice, tips, and tricks. And it is the lvguide.com or just lilianavasquez.com. They both go to the same place. Well, thank you so much for being here, Liliana. Thank you so much. This was such a good episode, so much information. We really thank you for that. And we can't wait to have you back so we can talk about styling because we, we need that too in our life after being for moms. Sure. I can't wait to talk about it. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. And for the Super Mamas, please don't go away. We'll come back with our Super Mama pick or tip of the week. We're back with our favorite episode. With With our favorite segment. segment. The Super Mama pick or tip of the week. Patricia, what is your... Well, of course, I always go first because I'm ready. You're always you know ready. So. My pick this week is going to be Momofuku's noodles <gasps> because, <Yes. laughs> let me tell you, <laughs> this is one of my newest finds in the food world. So I, let me tell you all, you open my pantry, I have everything you can think mm-hmm. of. I have pans. I, I have uh, dozens of pans. I have so much stuff in my kitchen. Now, when you open the pantry, I have maybe... Dozens of salts, dozens of vinegars. I try everything. I just want to find the best of everything. I had heard David Chang's products were fire. So I gave them a try. I bought a bundle. He promised and he delivered. Delivered. Let me tell you. Delivered. Chili Crunch, one of our favorite staple things in the home. We've got, mm-hmm. I think I bought it a week ago and I'm already halfway down the jar. Chili Crunch, buy it. I haven't tried the super spicy one. I have the regular chili crunch. My mouth is watering. Fire, bomb. Put it on everything. It's great. I order his noodles. I thought they were going to be like ramen. I've tried other ones. You have it in a soup and it's sort of like a soupy. I I have other noodles in my pantry that I've used to have, but they lack flavor and they were like a soup. And it's one of those like filler things. There's nothing to eat. And like, what am I going to do here? Have have this ramen. And it, but it, they're not great. I don't even want to talk about that brand because I have a few and never recommended it. I got these. Dude, <laughs> it's legit restaurant style. It's legit yes. like if you went to a restaurant and they're yes. so good. That's what I told my husband. Yeah, We had dinner a couple nights ago. And then when you came over Friday, a Saturday Sunday. or Sunday, whatever day you came over, I just didn't plan. I, I forget how much kids eat. I just- Well, the bigger they get, the more they eat. Like Krista is like a regular adult. Right. So I made fish tacos, but, you know, I just thought, okay, it's going to be enough for all of us. Well, I, I think I maybe, maybe just we don't eat. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. I also I, I also like I'm the girl who has like one taco and I'm like, oh it's fine, Sally, I'm I'm good for the rest of the evening. I should have made double the amount of fish tacos. So I noticed the kids were so hungry and I'm like, shoot, what am I gonna whip up? And then I remember how those noodles, dude, they went through four packs of those noodles in the matter of ten minutes. I know. And I I know. I don't know if you've tried the spicy ones, but they are bomb. And then yesterday when Fernando left, of course I sent everybody with their to go boxes with food for the week and i'm like fernando you gotta try these noodles so i sent everybody with noodles as well oh my god those noodles are bomb like my, mm-hmm. i actually got my email today that my shipment's on its way and i'm really excited because i right there and then when we were there i ordered my noodles because my kids were like are they amazing mom and when they saw their dad they were like dad we have the best noodles at the house oh my I god i was that's like hilarious. i know they were really, so really uh, shop.momofuku.com is the site where you guys can get these they're great for kids and a clutch when you don't have right. anything to eat. Three minutes. And you do it in three minutes. Well, like six because it takes three minutes for the water to boil. Okay. Well, six, <laughs> five minutes. And you have dinner in five minutes and it's just, yep. it's delicious. It's great. And again, it's one of these things where you don't know what you have for dinner. You come home. And I would say if you can just have them by themselves or if you have shredded chicken from a previous day or whatever you can put it on top you can put fresh there's so many recipes that you can make with these you can have them cold you can have them warm i'm so like good. a walking commercial for this guy i know i was gonna say but they were so good they were that good guys they were yeah. that good no he's awesome well my tip this week it's gonna be sun protection because as you saw my kids are burned <laughs> like they're just like oh my you God. know <laughs> Yesterday, also when Elizabeth saw Sabina, she was like, Sabina? (laughs) It's just like a shock. It's like that shock when you see her, right? I, you know, it's, I don't even know what to say. I mean, I think she's, number one, I used to pay to look like that. Remember when I used to go into the UV, whatever, the tanning salon? Yes. But I would get like radioactive orange. She just has the color I was trying to get. Like people pay to look like that. Wow, it's it's just crazy. But she is, I think, ten shades darker, darker in the brown scale. Like <laughs> she's like one like shade she's away. Caramel. She's caramel, right? Like her skin. We say that her skin is caramel, but right now it's como como cajeta, <laughs> like caramelo quemado. You know. <laughs> yeah she's like, more like she crust the caramel crust she used to be caramel, caramel now crust, she's caramel yes. crust <laughs> it's crazy both of them they are in uh summer camp and they're swimming all day long so they're it's just insane but the thing is like it's their whole body you know everything it's like, so crazy because the first Lisa's, time that i saw her when Lisa's I her legs up, are I'm, I'm telling you but i'm telling you they are people pay to have i, I want to look that dark like i i don't know if i can i don't think i can I've tried many times. <laughs> I've tried for years. I know. Elizabeth told them, I love how you're like embracing embracing your indigenous colors. I was like, okay. I'm like, of course they are. They loved it. It was, it's, I mean, I love that color. But anyway, we still got to protect the skin, right? Like, you know, it's good to have a tan, but also you need to protect the skin. And I don't know if I've already made this a pick from previous summers, but I realized uh, when they were getting like, you know, burns and scaling. So, well, there's two two things. First, I have a sabila in the back of my house mm-hmm. and I got the sabila. I took out all the slime inside and I put it directly on their body. Like I just put it every night. I put it on their body 
And that really, really helped with the pain because they were hurting. The first two days they were hurting because they were burning, right? They burned their skin. And I was like, I don't think we're going to go back to that class. But we did this. We did the Savi lamp. And then on top of that, every day after they get out of the pool, after, you know, before they go to bed, instead of putting regular lotion, what I'm doing, uh, what I'm using is the Kula Organic Radical Recovery After Sun Body Lotion. I had that for me. But this time I started using it for them and it, it has really, really helped. Now they're into like, they went from like being burnt to now that just being like really tan. Their skin is getting used to it. And it's like, it's, it's really, I love their, their tone. Kula Organic Radical Recovery. It has like five star reviews on Amazon and it's like, really, it's a really good product. I, like again, it's a little pricey, but it's worth it. It's not going to hurt. Your skin's not going to hurt if you're out and about in the summer at the beach or in the backyard the sun's not it's getting stronger so so a little bit of sun and this Mm -hmm. goes a long way so that was my tip for this week because i was like crazy trying to find what to do with those girls last week they went back this week they went back they're happy they're back in the water so you know now now we have the perfect recipe amazing but uh, i should definitely (laughs) take a picture when mom I and I see to- them, they're going to be like, what <laughs> happened? I know. Summer happened. It's summer. That's summer colors. Fifty Shades of Summer. Oh, for sure. <laughs> All right. That's the show. We'll see anyway, you guys next week. Anyway, that's the show, guys. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Hey, sisters. Thank you so much for listening. Hope all of you guys are subscribed to our newsletter. If you're not, make sure you hit that subscribe button on superromas.com. We will be sending out invites to upcoming events, promos, and super cool surprises your way. And of course, you can always keep up with us through the gram at underscore supermamas and on Twitter also at underscore supermamas and in the face at supermamas podcast. Oh, one more thing. We want to hear your super mama moment of the week to share with all of you sisters. Call into our hotline, 424-329-3707 and leave us a message or simply email us a voice note to hello at supermamas.com. Very soon, we could be featuring you on the show. Please remember to leave your name and Instagram handle for a chance to be featured. Much love and see you next week. Super Mamas!